name is Tara, and you're listening to You Should Write a Book, the podcast. If this was a book, this would be in the chapter called Wine Chats, and the section would be called The Soundtrack of Your Life. I'm going to mention a whole bunch of songs in this one. I'd play clips of them, but I can't afford the royalties, so you'd have to look them up on your own. Let's see where our stories meet. How does music influence your life? Do you listen to a lot of music? Do you listen to music when you're home alone? In the car? Through headphones while you're walking? What kind of music do you crave during different times of your life? And what kind of music did you grow up with and how did it influence you? When I was growing up, we had one of those old furniture stereos. There was speakers on each side. You lifted the top to find the turntable and the radio. I'm not sure the radio actually worked. And there was, of course, a spot where you could store your albums. We didn't have a lot of them when I was very young. By then, my older siblings had moved out, and I guess they'd taken all their cool music. We listened to Mitch Miller with the sing-along, Yes, we have no bananas. (laughs) There was an album... I think it was Bob and Ernie or Doug and Ernie. I think they were folk musicians in Toronto. Kind of a Christian background, but not all. Boy, I love that album. Can't find it for the life of me. Jimmy Rogers, he was a favorite of mine. Well, he roamed the world looking everywhere, getting love from here. Love from there, and he put it all into one sweet pot of my baby's heart, oh, honeycomb. Yeah, spent a lot of time singing along with Jimmy Rogers. When we were traveling, we traveled by car a lot. We had a property in upstate New York. I love saying that because it makes me sound really snobby, but The truth is, it was 13 acres of essentially pine forest on the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. And we stayed in a 40-foot trailer that had been in a flood. (laughs) But regardless, we had property in upstate New York. It was a four-hour drive, so we'd spend some of our time, at least, uh, singing along. My mom was... Uh, one of the leaders of the Junior Auxiliary uh, Church Group for Girls. They'd made up these um, sing-along packages for campfires. So it was construction paper tied together with yarn, and on each page there was uh, typewritten words to all of these songs. One of them was... uh, I think it's called Glory Land, but we called it the doo-doo song. Do, Lord, oh, do, Lord, oh, do remember me, oh, Lordy. 
And at the end of every chorus, he'd make us poke him sometimes to remember. My dad would chime in and say, blue, 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 blue. It's the only time he participated. Somehow, we got a cassette tape of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh, the good old days. We, we would uh, delight in playing it for our American relatives. They totally didn't get it. To this day, if you walk into a store like a Costco or a Walmart, and you were to stand in the middle of the store and go, someone would reply, classically Canadian. My friend Michelle and I, she lived what was considered at the time really, really far away from me. Just meant that I couldn't walk to her house in less than 15 minutes. We would sit on the phone for hours just listening to CKOC, the radio station in town. We'd sing along to all of the songs. I don't even know if we had conversations. Hours we would spend. I grew up listening to uh, Meatloaf, Rolling Stones, Billy Joel, Madonna, Air Supply. My sister had introduced us to Gordon Lightfoot. I loved Gordon Lightfoot, still do. He told a story, he wove a tale, invited you in and you could picture it as well as feel it. David Wilcox was a, a blues guy back in the day. He was big in Ontario. Not sure he made it as big as in the rest of Canada. Anyway, David Wilcox was how my mom and I would get our housework done. It was a... Uh, it was always good for a good laugh. He had this one song called The Bear Cat. And my mama, oh, she would let her backbone slide. So much fun. Show tunes. Of course, show tunes. I loved anything with lyrics. I wanted to be able to sing along. I was in choirs while I was in high school hung out with a lot of same-minded people. One of my favorite things to do was to uh, get the cheap seats to go see the Blue Jays in Toronto. And during the seventh inning stretch, we didn't have any money, so we couldn't afford to go and buy any food or anything. So we would just start singing in harmony, usually. Things like The Lion Sleeps Tonight. <laughs> people would start throwing money at us. I'm not sure if that was because they liked what they heard or they were trying to get us to shut up. Anyway, it was fun. We also did the same thing when we were camping. Jeez, oh, back in the day, go camping with my friends and if you wanted some excitement, you went to the dump and because that's where the bears would come out. And we'd sing while we were waiting for the bears. Thankfully, they don't have open pit garbage dumps anymore. The bears are kept a little more safe. When I met my husband, 
he was beautiful and tanned and tall. A few weeks after we'd been dating, I went to see him at his parents' place. He'd been staying with his parents. He'd just graduated from teacher's college. And they had transformed their garage into part studio, part shrine. (laughs) There was Juno Awards and platinum albums on the walls. And um, I was like, hey, is there something you wanted to tell me? So I ended up marrying a bonafide rock star. He was in the payolas. I may have had their poster on my wall when I was growing up. We married, had a couple of kids, and I was plunged into a world of silence. We didn't have music anymore. Chris always had music in his head. He was an amazing composer. The tunes that he came up with were beautiful and heartfelt. I don't think he wanted music in the house because he didn't want to be influenced by anything he heard. He would sit at a big 88-key keyboard with his headphones plugged in, and I'm sure that what he heard was lovely, but all I heard was clunk, 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 clunk of the keys. Eventually, he would share it with me. I was always impressed. When I'd try to start singing with the kids in the car, just as I'd done growing up, he'd he'd turn on the radio and we'd be listening to the news. I guess I wasn't as good a singer as I thought I was. It wasn't until we split up, I guess the kids were about 12 and 13 by that point, and I realized that I really wanted to bring music back into our world. I remember driving down to Waterton Park to go to the cottage that we stayed at every summer, and my stepson Drake was with us, and I'd come across an old CD of meatloaf. And my kids had never really seen how I engaged with music. And I put the CD in, and Drake and I sang every word to Paradise at the Dashboard Light. I thought my kids were going to have a heart attack. They'd never seen me do that before. How sad. Music started to become a bigger part of our world. I know that they were listening to their own songs, their own music. And I got back into listening to the things that I loved. One day, I remember Wesley coming down the stairs and saying, Mom, Mom, you have to listen to this song. And the song was Supermarket Flowers by Ed Sheeran. Oh, what a tearjerker. The song about a young man who's lost his mother. And he's cleaning up the kitchen after the funeral, after everyone has left. And it's about God welcoming her home. I'm sure that when Wesley was sharing that with me, he was thinking about me. When I listened to it, 
I was thinking about my mom. She was an angel. And I was sure that God was welcoming her back. I was still in ministry at the time, and I remember thinking, I really hope that nobody comes in to arrange for a funeral of a loved one and asks for this song, because I won't make it through. <laughs> Today, I'm still influenced by the kinds of genres that I was introduced to when I was young. Went to a concert with Stuart McLean in the Vinyl Cafe, his Christmas tour that he used to do years ago. His musical guest one year was Matt Anderson. Matt took the stage. He's a very large man. And he just opened his mouth and began to sing, Oh, Holy Night. And he filled the auditorium with his voice. So beautiful. He had such a big voice that he had to step back from the microphone. I had chills. I've been a huge fan ever since. He's a blues guy from New Brunswick, tours a lot. I love his songs because I love his voice. And I love his lyrics and I love how his music can just touch my emotions in a way that helps me touch my own emotions. I think that's what music does. It touches you so that you can find in yourself your own authentic and true feelings. I have a friend and our favorite pastime is to turn on YouTube music and just to listen to whatever it suggests next. There's a band called Dead South. They play a song called Good Company. Great song. Uncle Lucius, Keep the Wolves Away. Anything by Nathaniel Radcliffe. Great, upbeat, fun. It's one of my favorite ways to discover new music a little scary how well YouTube knows me and what I like to hear. But some of the music, a lot of the music just takes me back in time. And suddenly I'm a kid singing along loud with my mom. Or sometimes I'm sitting on the phone crooning away with my friend Michelle. Or sitting in my friend's basement playing euchre obsessively, listening to Meatloaf. What's the soundtrack of your life? How does music fit into your world now? You just listen in the car? You listen on a walk? What kind of background music is playing when your friends are gathered? You're having a few drinks. I'd be interested to know. Thanks for spending your time with me today. If you haven't already, take a chance, subscribe to my podcast, and you'll be notified when a new recording hits. Thanks for hanging out. Go and turn on the soundtrack of your life. Have a great day. Talk again soon. Bye.